What's up, y'all? Hey, hey. Hey, uh, Brian, you look great today. Thank you, Corey. But you sound horrible. Thank you, Corey. What's going on? Oh, actually, you don't sound horrible. You sound like uh, mysterious. Mysterious. I'll yeah. take that. So you've been sick for a little while? Yep. Sorry, man. Yeah. He just told me he didn't want to talk a lot, and so I'm uh, starting the interview. Yeah, I appreciate that. Just talking to Brian about all You're going to end up making me cough. I'm going to do a lot more editing on this episode. That's Come on, let's get into this. Hey, why are you he's so, he's rushed. Jar, John, do you feel rushed? I feel rushed. No, well, no, not really. <laughs> hey, that's your thing, you know? Okay, all right. Well, hey, we are uh, continuing on in our series of everyday people. And uh, John Dar, you are, you are a great everyday person. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that in all the nice ways possible. Um, we, yeah, we could go. We could dive into this right away. But you know, we're we're interviewing a lot of just people who are making disciples and seeing microchurches and seeing cool stuff in different pockets. And we've mostly been focusing on Kansas City because that's where most of our focus is. But every once in a while, actually more than that, we we often find ourselves running with people in in lots of different cities and or countries. And uh, one day, this this uh, kind of long-haired, um, can I say hippie, and I mean that the nicest way possible. Oh, yeah. I, I wear it proudly. Yeah, right on. Uh, comes kind of stumbling into our digital world when we were doing Zoom calls, and, and there was this guy named John Dar, and uh, John is in St. Louis area, has some cool things brewing, and we thought, hey, Let's let's go outside the box and interview some people who are not even in Kansas City. So, John, welcome. Glad you are here, my friend. Well, thank you. It's good to be here uh, today. Right on. So, hey, let's let's just jump into who is John Dar. Maybe just a couple minutes of your your who background. Is this John Dar. See, mysterious <laughs> voice. That sounds really good, actually. So, you know, for the rest of the day, even if you don't want to talk a lot, yeah. just do that. You just, know, just like just the chime color in a commentary, bit. just yeah, random yeah. comments. Yeah, that'd be really helpful. Yeah. So, um, the question was, what was it again, Brian? Who is this John Dar? That's right. Tell us your who background. is. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I uh, became a follower of uh, the Messiah Jesus December uh, 18th, 1971, after my brother had gotten busted for uh, three counts of sales of narcotics, dangerous drugs, and ended up in a jail cell and met uh, Jesus mm. in a jail cell, because that's where Jesus hangs out, Amen. Mm-hmm. or places, places like that, you know, and uh, witnessed to me, I became a follower of the Messiah, and uh Jump forward to today. Uh, several years ago, I went to a um, went to a pro, uh, program called uh, Perspectives. My daughter had uh, beca- had uh, rededicated her life to Christ, and um, she uh, had uh, uh, God called her into uh, mission work. And so she had to take a course called Perspectives, and I paid for it. And then afterwards, she said, Daddy, you got to take this course. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. And two and a half years later, I uh, I got around to it, and it absolutely ruined my life. Um, hmm. or, or actually, the life I was living as a uh, Christian, what I considered to be a Chris, good Christian life, good Christian life, you right. know. Right. And yet then I got... Uh, got uh, confronted with uh, this the scripture Matthew 28 uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations and I thought okay so what's my plan for making disciples and I thought wow I don't have a plan mm. and uh, so it was not going too good and so 
the past several years is developing a plan for for reaching disciples, and I'm still doing that. I'm still that's going to be an ongoing uh, thing that I'm going to be doing, you know, following the Lord. So uh, yeah. that's basically me now is just uh, waking up every morning and saying, God, uh, put me in contact with the people you want me to. Um, you know, so, uh, um, you want me to talk about, uh, Casey underground? Uh, Let's, let's hang on to that one. I want to ask you a question around, uh, one of the things you just said. So you said I was, you know, waking up every day, living this good Christian life. Like, how do you compare? Well, what does that mean? Like, what were you doing that? You're like, yeah, I'm good. This is fine. Well, I basically what I was doing is I was doing religion. You know, I was uh, doing what uh, what I felt like uh, God was doing, uh, was wanting me to do. And I was kind of like um, I've been been uh, studying the, the, the parable or the, uh, the the story of the prodigal sons. And I was the uh, I was the elder prodigal. Hmm. You know, I was doing everything right. And, you know, thought if I did everything right that, uh, you know, in the end, I'd, uh, I'd get to go to heaven. So mm-hmm. heaven was my goal, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it all changed. It, it turned around uh, loving Jesus and, and, and obeying and uh, following Jesus is is my goal now. Amen. Uh, because and it's I'm not doing it out of gaining heaven. I'm doing out, out of love for what uh jesus did for me mm-hmm. that's about as simple as i yeah. can make it so. oh that's great and then yeah real quickly what's your what's your day job and what's your family like what's your where are you well, living in the world i am uh uh let's see i have been married for 47 years to linda come on and uh i've got a son who lives next door i've got a son who is somewhere in oregon uh uh as a welder and I've got a daughter in, um, in Pensacola, Florida, who is, uh, she is in uh, ministry down there. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we live across the street from, uh, the fun spot skating rink in Belleville. And, um, I've got just a little, little home right here. And that's kind of, I don't know. Was there another part of your question? I, I thought you meant like the fun spot in town, but you literally mean that's the name of the place, the fun spot. It's actually called Skate City now. Oh, but yeah. It's we got a little Skate a landmark City. here in Belleville. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't skate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, last, last question is what do, you, what, do you do for, what do you do for work? Oh, for work. Uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, mm-hmm. and I have an active private practice. I'm... Uh, I do solution-focused brief therapy, uh, which you know, I won't go into that, but that's kind of what I do. I, you know, help people uh, create. Uh, uh, um, well, you know, I, I always say I help them create novelty in their lives. You know, uh, mm-hmm. to be able to change, to be to uh, um, to work towards their their best hopes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in life. So. Uh, yeah. Well, that so, was well done. Hey, I feel like I feel like I know John. Dar- I actually knew pretty much all that about you already, but I feel like we collectively know more about John Dar. Um, all right, man. So, what is it about year, year and a half ago? I don't, I don't know. With COVID, I have it's so hard for me to even have a t- time reference. Maybe it's two years ago. But how did you stumble upon KC Underground? What did that look like? And what 
Like, how did you begin to um, walk in the way of disciple making, kind of DMM, uh, which for those of you listening, disciple making movement kind of practices? And then, yeah, just kind of walk us through that journey. What is so? First, Casey Underground, how'd you get here? What'd you begin to learn? And then after that, we'll kind of walk into what you're doing. Well, now. let me talk a little bit about before that. Before that, I uh, for the past decade or so, I've I've found myself increasingly dissatisfied with uh with just uh daily or with uh weekly church attendance and that and uh mm. so i and and i and i really began to get an interest in what was going on all over the world with uh with the church and what other what churches were doing across the world and with missions i was teaching a sunday cl- sunday school class and uh, really was focusing on on mission that class. Well, the longer I went with it, and when I went through perspectives, um, somehow I, I and I can't remember. This is going back way back in a seventy-one-year-old's mind. I but I used uh, I was wondering or, or got interested in the organic church movements, mm-hmm. and I read. Uh, several, um, Alan Hirsch's book. I well, I read both two of Alan Hirsch's books, and and it really opened my eyes to what uh, what was going on with the, with with me and with the with the church. And I started looking for missional movements, people who were actually doing organic church movements, and I and, and I ran into several of them. Uh, and one of them was uh, Casey Underground, which I think I heard heard about that from some of the folks from Perspectives that are in Kansas City, mm. and and do I I can't remember the name of the organization, it's but probably, then, it's uh, probably all nations. All it was all nations. Yeah. It was absolutely, and so I heard about you guys from all nations, and I heard about the podcast, and. Uh, so I got onto that, and then uh, you guys were doing the Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon uh, uh, Zoom calls, and I decided to hop on one of them and got into the uh, uh, the huddle, joined a huddle, and after that, the uh, the rest is history. So I just started filling in the blanks and doing the things that uh, uh, that were suggested, and yeah, you know. That's that's I am where I am today. Beautiful. Hey, that's like probably the third or fourth uh, shout out to perspectives we've had on this podcast. Yeah, we should the... probably let people know what that is. And uh, you know, and I actually don't even know the the best way to get people connected. I do know that All Nations helps uh, host some of that. But persp- I actually took perspectives when I was in college, and that was early. There wasn't a lot of conversations around movement uh, back then because it was pretty early in some. But we there was some. And uh, but now there's a big it's a big chunk of perspectives, but it's pretty it is clearly an effective tool to help people have new perspective on what God is doing globally. Uh, they should, oh, yeah. it's, it's a brilliant name. Why, why don't you? I think give a, I think every Christian should go through it. Give I a really brief do. overview of what it is. Well, it's uh, it's 15 weeks, and they focus on um, the uh, uh, the biblical mandate for missions. Uh, and then they talk about the biblical history of missions that span all the way from Abraham to Jesus. Mm. They talk about what, what is going on today in missions. And then they talk about 
what is the uh, what is your mandate and how are you going to fulfill the mandate of matthew 28 yeah so uh, excellent excellent uh, great overview and i guarantee you um if you are a true follower of messiah jesus uh it will absolutely uh change your life solid solid plug there so people can just google perspectives you think and fine. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think so. Uh, those of you in Kansas City, I know that. Uh, yeah, just Google it. You'll figure it Google out. Perspectives in all nations. Yeah, all nations. I know has a piece of it. And there's other organizations around. So sorry if you're listening to this and you're like, no, actually, that's us. Um, I know that. Yeah, there's it's been... actually. Fr- I think it's actually Frontier out of uh, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a, they minister to uh, Muslims, and uh, oh, yeah. uh, so uh, that's the Frontier International or yeah, something Frontier. like that. So Tim Garrett, who we just right, interviewed, right, is right. actually here in Kansas City. He's on staff with Frontiers. Um, so yeah, cool. Lots of lots of fun connections. So that's a lot of amazing setup for you. Like clearly, the Lord has been like stirring you for a while of like, okay, I'm not totally satisfied with the the church life that I'm a part of. There's got to be more than this. Um, drawn to organic movements um, around the world, seeing church planning movements and whatnot, taking perspectives where God is beginning to change your mindset. Then you found a bunch of weirdos in Kansas City that offer yes. some uh, some practical tools. I think so that we've actually had that a lot with perspectives where uh, people will be like, oh, what about here in the States? We got yeah, anything yeah. going? So we've had a, a bunch of people over the, the years kind of come to us with that, you know, who's doing this around here? Um, okay, so we start joining this Sunday afternoon call. We have, let's you know, we don't have that particular call as much here, and um, as at least we have different rhythms. It's always changing, um, but it's a group of people who are just encouraging one another to do this practically. So as you're doing this, you took the huddle. So it's another plug for our se- our kind of seven week mm-hmm. training. So I'd love to know where is it the who, the who and the where that God has called you on mission. How, what was that journey? And then let's just like hear some stories because John is a great storyteller and there's some cool stories uh, brewing in your world. So yeah, man, t- tell us about the context that God's called you to do. Well, you know, I got to thinking of, well, how do I start this thing out? And of course I did some things in my neighborhood. I was pray walking in my neighborhood and, uh, um, you know, trying to figure out, God, where do you want me to be? You know, and mm-hmm. so that was part of it. But then I got the idea of um, it really occurred to me, you know, if you really want to get to know somebody, what do you do? You know, do you go to a lecture about them or do you read a book about them to get to know people? No, you know, you meet them and you hang out where they hang out. And so what I just it just dawned on me, well, you know, hang out where Jesus hangs out. And where does he hang out? I mean. He hangs out in hospitals and nursing homes and food pantries. He hangs out on the street with homeless people. You know, yeah. those are the places Jesus hangs out. And if you really want to get to know Jesus, hang out where he hangs out mm, and follow him. And so that's why I started doing it. I used to, I just started driving around, hanging around food pantries, uh, going to homeless shelters, uh, doing all those things. And one of the things that I did was... Uh, I, there was a place I have been involved with for about 10 years, and that's a Good Samaritan centered in Washington Park. And so I thought, well, I'll just start hanging around uh, Good Samaritans mm-hmm. and uh, started hanging with them a little bit and got introduced. They said uh, because of COVID, they they were. Oh, hang on. I think you hit mute. Yeah, yeah you accidentally hit mute there, John. All right. So. 
You're hanging around Good Samaritans. Pick it up there. Good Samaritans. I'm hanging around Good Samaritan. And um, they uh, they had been doing uh, uh, food or, or feeding people for, oh, gosh, years and years and years. But then COVID hit and people couldn't come into the center. So what they started doing was going out and delivering meals. Hmm. And one of the places that they would deliver to is a place called The Tree in washington park on caseyville avenue and it's just a vacant lot where people hang out and they bring their boom boxes their drugs their alcohol and they sit around they just and and they 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 become a community Mm -hmm. and so i uh, and so we would go out and we would bring food to them and we'd uh, witness about jesus and that then we'd get and we'd leave you know and we do that once a week And the Lord told me, you know, you need to spend more time out here and really live into these people and live into this community. And so I started coming, started going more frequently. And I would, uh, uh, so I would go out there and I would just sit, sit there with them two to three uh, days a week. Sometimes it's three to four days a week. I spend two to three hours out there just sitting and talking and listening and communicating with people and one of the things that i'm going to give a plug for you guys one of the things i learned from casey underground was bless yeah okay and so that is what i decided i'm going to use that as my model for here i'm going to pray extraordinarily for this group and i do that every night i'm praying for people Mm. now as 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 i have developed this i'm beginning to find person people that i pray for directly before it was just general and now i got specific people uh okay is, is no that's great are man you, I, 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 yeah we're affirming everything every we're we're nodding oh, okay, along okay. yeah so i mean I continue that. to walk through bless man because i know you and i've talked a lot about that of how that's been okay. effective so yeah the second thing and brian uh brian and i talked about this i li- i listen to people and here's the four things i listen to first thing is i listen to their history I find out about them and I find out about what they've experienced. Mm -hmm. The next thing I listen to is their heart. I want to know what is important to you. What is, what is your heart drawn toward? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can know, and that's really helpful when I get to one of the next steps, I listen to their hurts and man, I tell you what, you want to listen to some pain. I mean, there is so much pain yeah. down there. Uh, I could tell you story after story. Uh, I just recently went to a funeral. Uh, one of the uh, people down there and suffered from a uh, uh, an addiction, and uh, it, that addiction finally finally killed her. But I found out about her her broken life that drove her towards the addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had lost a husband. She had lost children, and the sadness just overtook her, mm-hmm. and she finally passed. Mm-hmm. And that was an incredibly emotional experience for me to go through, uh, to to go to that funeral and to be with the with people, and to comfort people uh, at that time. But the, I'll get off the the next thing is um, uh, that uh, I I listen to their hopes. Yeah. I want to know what what are their hopes? What do they hope to? And you know what? These are people who don't have a lot of hopes. Their hope is coming every day, 
and being with this community and hoping that they can keep it together yeah. for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't mean to, to, to draw such a bleak picture with it, but those feelings are really there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got one guy I'm working with, an alcoholic. And uh, every day I talk to Vernon and, and I say, Vernon, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? You know, mm-hmm. can I help you? You know, and I, I told him anytime he wants, I will take him to, uh, uh, you know, to a detox, getting detox and work with him. And we talk about Jesus. Here's the other thing. They don't need people coming down there preaching Jesus to them. Every one of those people knows Jesus because they grew up in the church. They've heard it over. They heard it over and over and over again. But the thing is that they need somebody to be there with them. And the sad thing is I love the churches there in Washington Park, but there's there's 60 churches within a two uh, two and a half mile radius there. There's about 60 churches down there. And they don't come out there and nobody ever comes out to talk to these people. Mm, you yeah. know? And yeah. so that's what Jesus called me to do. Then what I do is I, I eat with them. Mm-hmm. We go down, we share, we eat together. I bring water, I do whatever I can to eat. Then I serve them. I, I go out, I pick up trash. I, uh, I take people around. Hey, I've taken Vernon home several times, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, when I come down there, when Vernon's too drunk to, to walk home, I, I will give him a ride home. Uh, yeah. Just whatever happens down there. Yeah. There's so many ways to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, then, um, and then I do the last thing, and that is I share Jesus. But that's be- by that time, that's become not necessary because i've already shared jesus with them yeah. not just telling them about jesus but showing them yeah jesus yeah in a I, real way. So that's it. I, I love that you're walking through the missionary pathway for people that are listening yeah. like i want to highlight that i think when we hang with followers of jesus that maybe have not made this shift into this lifestyle yet uh it's like they're living like you said that good christian life and maybe haven't thought about like Where do I go? What do I do? And sometimes we make it way more difficult. Um, Now, I'm not saying what you're doing is easy. There's clearly some some hard things you're walking through. But what I mean by make it too difficult is like you started with prayer, fasting, you're listening. You know, you're just you're going, I don't know where to go. So I'm just going to start with prayer. So that's what we say. Phase one is extraordinary prayer and fasting in the missionary pathway. Jesus, where are you at work? Then phase two, you're saying like, all right, I know where he's calling me. Like I have some clarity on that now mm-hmm. It's Washington park. So I'm going to this place. And then the language you're using that is you were doing sort of, I'm going to, uh, this isn't directed at you, but in some ways it's like bad missionary work. You popped in, you popped out and you're like, no, Jesus is calling me to live in and among. Mm-hmm. And so you made a shift to go, I'm going to, I'm going to live in and among. I'm going to spend more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good missionary work. It's embedding your life into the rhythms and then, you know, so you're doing these blessed rhythms. So phase two, you're beginning to live the missionary rhythms. What I loved about that also is you're walking with them. You know, I'm willing to, it's demonstrating the gospel by saying, I want to take you to a place where you can find some freedom. Or it's making their place of community beautiful because you're picking up trash like that, yeah. that space of 
these are my people and I'm their people. And then I hear you phase three, plant the gospel by demonstrating it. It's not just proclaiming it only, even though that is an important part of it. You speak the good news, but you're also uh, present. So there's a gospel presence, there's a gospel demonstration, and there's a gospel proclamation. And I know I'm talking way too long, but the last thing is that 4-H conversation, that's what you're bringing up, the history, heart, hurts, and hopes. It's awesome. You're not sitting there going, all right, let's get into the uh, history question. It's like you're asking who are you and where you're from like we did, and then... You're, you don't have to go, hey, tell me about all your hurts. It's like, no, you, you use your eyes. You pay attention. You listen to the things they say. Mm-hmm. And that 4-H conversation is just another intentional tool to help us go, all right, how can I move this conversation into deeper ways of vulnerability and someone opening up their heart to me to know mm-hmm. them well? Yeah. So these are, man, I just love the way you're embracing these missionary tools and really living into them to be... Um, the presence of Jesus in a space. Yeah, yeah. And I, two things I would throw out real quick is, and then I want to hear a couple of stories is, like, I, I know, you know, John and I connect every few weeks just to, you know, chat about the things that God's doing uh, in and through you in the area. And those were a couple major in, um, intentional things that you stepped into is asking good questions. I remember you making like that, that uh, at least you told me that. I was like, I'm like, that's, we're just going to start asking more questions. I'm not going to come here with all the answers. Mm. Um, another thing that we talked about was, okay, finding, uh, inside leaders, finding people of influence and come along and supporting them and loving them. Um, and so setting the stage for that, can you walk us, like, tell us a couple stories. What's God doing? What's, what's some of the things that he's up to? Uh, maybe, and you don't have to go into details of, or maybe be generic with names or anything like that, you know, just, uh, uh, maybe to be helpful, but yeah, do tell us a couple stories of what God's up to. Oh yeah. Well, the, I, I think the, the the first thing that my first inroad in there was a was a guy named Big D, and uh, his name's Dwayne, and he and I become really really close friends, mm-hmm. uh, and he's actually helped me out a lot uh, in sort of uh, cluing me into what what to do and what not to do. Uh, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, uh, one of my first attempts in there, uh, uh, I I. I uh, told uh, Big D wanted to know about the Bible, and he was always challenging the people from Good Samaritan about the Bible because uh, Big D said, uh, he said, I learned uh, about the Bible uh, from being in the hole. Uh, I don't know if you read uh, if they know what the hole is, but that when you're in prison, you get thrown into solitary. And he said, the only thing I had in there was a Bible to read. He said, so I got really uh, pretty good at knowing, uh, knowing about the Bible. And so he would argue with us and, and, um, uh, and I realized that was not the way to go. So one day I said, I said, D let, let's come over. Why don't you and I just have a Bible study and we'll talk. And he said, fine. So I, I came over to the block and here I am, I'm starting to do this Bible study. I'm going to do a DBS and, and I pass, you know, pass out the, some scriptures for them to read. And I said, okay, you read the scripture. And he goes, no, you read the scripture. And I said, um, well, um, I'll read it. So I read it and I'll say, well, what is, and so I said, well, what does that tell you about God? And he said, well, what does it tell you about God? That's, that's you know? how I lead. <laughs> and I said, and, and, and so I'm stumbling along and then Michael next to us, you know, who's, who's been he's smoked several joints and been drinking a couple of beers and 
Michael goes, he goes, dude, get on with it. Just do your thing, you know, and get done with it. You're blowing my high, you know? (laughs) And so that didn't go very well, you know? (laughs) And so afterward, D pulls me aside and he says, uh, he said, man, he said, uh, you know, don't be bringing to us uh, all this, this, he called it the, the Jesus stuff. He said, we already know all that stuff. And so uh, he and and so I went back and I prayed and I said, God, what did I do wrong? And, you know, God said, you know what you didn't do, John? You didn't listen. Mm-hmm. You need to listen first before you tell them the gospel. And I thought the blessed thing. Oh, wow. Share Jesus. Oh, that comes at the end. Right. Mm-hmm. OK, so. I had to start listening. So I stopped, you know, using the Bible and I started preaching to him. I mean, and preaching to him. One of the things that worked was I started telling Jesus stories. Mm -hmm. We would get to talking and in the conversation, Lord would say, hey, you know what? That's like this story. And I'd say, hey, can I share a Jesus story with you? And they go, yeah. And I'd share the Jesus story. And then we sit down and we discuss it. Mm. Mm. That was so powerful. So good. Yeah, and, that's, and that is a DBS, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear about oral uh, oral cultures all over the world. It's I mean, it's the same thing. We've we've heard a lot of stories of people we've interviewed in different places. Your parents. Yeah, I was gonna say, know. my mom and dad would tell you that in West Africa there was no reading of the story. It's always yeah. I'm gonna tell the story, and um, that that's the yeah. way to process it. Yeah, that's kind of the way. That's the way I've been doing it, and that uh, that is so powerful. Yeah, you know, down there. So, and actually, you know, we keep throwing out all nations partnering ministry here in Kansas City, and they do workshops on Jesus, on, on Jesus stories, how to tell Jesus stories. So, again, uh-huh. if that if that's something you guys are interested in, as you're listening, Google that. Um, okay, so tell us some other things. Like, I know that God uh, recently oh. there was a cool story of when you guys oh, were gathered. Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, so I'm doing a Bible study. Okay, and uh, I forgot what scripture we even went through, but at the end. Oh, it was a woman that I had met from, uh, there's a long backstory on this I won't go into, but a woman I met who lives in uh, uh, Washington Park, and she came with me to a Bible study, and one of her, one of the guys, Bullet, who is uh, running the, who he's, he's kind of the mayor of the block, or one of the, one of the leaders of the block, he came in and he said, he said, dude, he said, you need to leave my auntie alone. I said, what are you talking about? He said, man, you invited my auntie down here to the block. She don't need to be down here. And I said, I said, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know she was your auntie, but uh, it was his aunt. And she was a follower of Jesus. And she wanted to come down and do a Bible study there. And so we did. And this one, two of the guys that are Robert and Floyd who were there, they both accepted Jesus into their life mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, as a result of the uh, that Bible study. And we prayed with them. And um, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing our first baptism. Woo! Amen. Come on. Yeah. Down there. <laughs> we're going to do it. We're, we're, we're going to baptize. And uh, I know for Floyd, I got to I got to find Robert because he's had some some issues come up and I got to find the dude. Uh, and I'm going to, we're going to baptize him too. And good Samaritan has a baptistry Amen. at good Sam. Yeah. 
So we're going to, on Thursday, and we've decided we're going to do it on Thursdays when we normally go out to feed. We're going to invite people in for the meal, and we're going to have the baptism there with the meal. And uh, I want to do com- I want to do communion, mm. and we're just going to do the uh, do the whole thing, yeah. uh, whole ball of wax. You, so. you might you might bring a bunch of extra towels because you might have some revival breakout. I'm <laughs> hey, um, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, that's what I'm praying, dude. You know, yeah. I'll just stand there and dunk people all day. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. You know? So okay, so we're continuing on the missionary pathway, and you're seeing the gospel. Uh, planted both by what we we're talking earlier the proclamation and the presence um and then also you now you got the uh, it's funny because you i'm oh, sorry keep hitting that microphone i get that oh, look from every Ryan week every time i hit that microphone um and so but then you you moved away from like the beginning strategy being hey just do a bible study but i know that you still do you gather around the word, you know, so it's, it was more of like mm-hmm. it, it came in the right time instead of just starting with it. Um, and in that you get a couple of people who actually like, you know, declare Jesus as Lord for the first time in their life and, you know, begin a relationship. So as we're moving through the missionary pathway, guess what, y'all? We're starting to see a, a microchurch emerge. We're starting to see a spiritual family gathering there regularly uh, with the rhythms of worship, community, and mission. We got baptism, you know, new life. We got repentance. We got, come on, right? Like, I mean, this is, yeah. this is, this is how it happens. When we talk about the missionary pathway, Amen. Uh, we're, it's a, it's not just a, Hey, here's a bunch of things. Go do it. We're actually describing yeah. what it looks like to see new followers and new churches in an area. People, um, sometimes I don't know. And in some of my conversations, it's like, well, I don't know about that missionary pathway. It feels very prescriptive and I'm not sure. And it's like, oh, well, it wasn't intended to be prescriptive, but it was intended to be descriptive of how we keep seeing it happen over and over. Like at some point you have to go, okay, maybe it's not just descriptive, but maybe you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that tension we always sit in because we're like the missionary pathway is trying to uh, be put intentionality to what seems to be often organic. You know, it's like every one of the steps in the missionary pathway, it it is fully reliant upon the Holy Spirit showing up and miracles happening. Mm-hmm. Like we can't determine, you know, like we're, we pray a lot. We can say that step one, but we can't determine what God is going to do, right? Like we, we live as missionaries. We find persons of peace. Well, that is a Holy Spirit driven, miraculous thing, you know, like, so all those things, every step of the way, is us relying on the Holy Spirit. And so what I love about your journey is what, what Brian was saying is like, we're, we're kind of seeing you really kind of your story is walking through the missionary pathway. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of like, uh, as we're, as we're, you know, nearing the end here of the podcast, not of, not of the uh, world, our lives of the world. Um, as we're nearing the end here, John, like anything else that God is doing in that area or any last sec, you know, stories or things that you'd want to uh, kind of help us understand about your context. Well, he, yeah, here's one of the things, you know, Brian, uh, Brian mentioned uh, the word rhythm uh, and uh, uh, rhythm down there is uh, uh, I, I, to say, yeah, I have a daily rhythm down there. I do. I go down there. I'm religious about going down there. But when it comes down to what I'm actually going to do, one of the things I've done is to, I, one of the words that's been helpful to me is the word pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you have to be able to pivot because I can go down there and plan to do a Bible study and then nobody shows up, you know, and so I have to pivot. And every time I go down there, uh, often, well, I'll put it this way, often when I go down there, my, my plans don't come about, but something always happens. That's right. Mm-hmm. Something always happens. There's somebody that God sent me down to talk to. Sometimes I'm just down there talking to Vernon for the whole time. Yeah. I'm down there, you know. Uh, sometimes uh, somebody needs a ride someplace. Uh, I'll do that. Uh, um, I built a, uh, uh, you know, I, I built a barbecue grill down there for him one day. Sometimes those, something, and God tells me, you know, hey, uh, there we go. Build a barbecue grill, and I do it. Those, those are the kinds of things. That's that's kind of the way you, when you're in ministry, you need to be able to pivot. Yeah, Brian, what were you going to say? Uh, your voice had dropped for a second, but it came back. You're good to go, man. That was oh, such okay, a good. such a great word yeah uh and it's you're pivoting based on your abiding with jesus mm. and your willingness yes. to say i'm not gonna just stick to my strategy and my plan but i'm recognizing in this moment my plan or my strategy isn't going to be realized so they go right back to phase one jesus where are you at work then mm-hmm. and how do i move to join you today in that in yes this space? absolutely absolutely Mm, yep. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I feel like there's more and more stories that we can, uh, so we'll have to get you back on, you know, down the line to hear more stories. And it's been fun from, Absolutely. from here in Kansas City, just, uh, you know, every few weeks I get to hang with you and we get to chat about ministry and stuff and your, your eagerness, your excitement to join God there. I, I will say, man, like, uh, the difference between probably your, work in ministry in that area and then a lot of other work of ministry in that area is the very fact that you're willing to just be be there and ask questions there's there's a there's a humble spirit that comes with missionaries that we're not mm-hmm. just we're not just the people who can you know tell people about things and talk at people yeah. and, and get them saved and all these things we're we're people who are like we carry the we we put on the character of Christ. We ask questions. We're mm-hmm. gentle. We're kind. Um, plus the fact that you're this like you know hippie with long hair type of dude. It's just people want to <laughs> hang out with you. I mean that's the reality, man. You're like you're a guy that's fun to hang out with. So that that doesn't hurt like the, the cause either. Um, so brother, I just want appreciate. I just want to say thank you. Appreciate you. Um, and wondering, do you want to set up the last? question you i got it here okay so each each podcast as you probably know john is that we just kind of want to give an opportunity for you to speak over us uh in kansas city and this is especially helpful because you're actually in a different city so it's nice like what if is there something or anything that you feel like maybe god might have uh for us to hear um just want to give you the floor if there's anything oh you know, and I'll tell you what the Lord was speaking to me about just as uh, as you were uh, before you were saying that, uh, you know, which is a confirmation for me is that uh, when I decided to follow the missionary pathway, uh, it was not something I was going to add on to my life, my already busy life. And I mean, I do have a busy life and there are other things that I do, but uh, it was coming to a point to where you have to realize that I realized that my life is forfeit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, that is no longer my life, but it is Christ that lives in me and wills for me to do his great pleasure. And you have to grasp that. And if you don't grasp that, then you're only going, your mission work is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. It has to be all, all in. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, and, and that doesn't mean I don't do other things. I have lots of fun. I have great things to do, but, but my life is forfeit. It belongs to him. Yes. You know, that is my greatest hope. Oh, what a good word. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Thanks for taking some time, John, to hang with us today. And as you know, whatever we have is yours. So, all right, my friend, we're we're here and, for you. And you guys are my brothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I've I've just felt a real strong pull with uh, with Kansas City, and what uh, you guys are doing is the absolute right thing. I'm not not making myself an expert, but just from what I've seen, you guys have an incredible ministry going, and I just pray God blesses you with continued power and strength and might his might his power his strength in everything that you guys do oh man well love you brother thanks so much good stuff and uh we'll talk soon all right i'll talk to you soon take care see you thanks for listening to the underground podcast We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.